0: Only
1: redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value.
0: Who is leaving voicemail? What fresh hell? <laughs> Laughing in the face of motherhood.
1: Hey, just sister, coming back. With Margaret Aples and Amy Wilson. I'm going to my room! A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas
0: so you don't have to. I had a boyfriend in high school, you guys.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to this episode of what fresh hell laughing in the face of motherhood. This is Amy
0: and this is Margaret. And this week, Amy, we are talking about better then or better now. Amy, you know that we're eloxes, <laughs> Yes. I think if, if people know one thing about us, it's that we like to you know that we're old. wax rhapsodic about
1: Duran Duran and whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if one can wax rhapsodic about Duran Duran, <laughs> and we can. And we do. So we talk a lot on the podcast about like, oh, you know, back in our day, this was blah, blah, blah. So I thought it would be good to do an episode where we actually examine the things we're talking about and decide once and for all, like, were these things really better? Or do we just have an idea that they were better? Because we don't really remember them that well,
1: right? Not everything was better when you went outside to play and came home when it was dark outside. That was better. But maybe some other things around it were not better. Yeah.
0: And I do think there's a mythology that sprung up that's like, you know, it used to all be so much better. And maybe not. Let's examine. Okay. All right. I mean, you went to our Facebook
1: page at facebook.com slash What shellcast to sort of uh, group think this. Is that right? Of course.
0: I put a yes. post up <laughs> saying like, guys, let's weigh in. And one thing I liked is like, we did get some better nows because I feel like, again, like we're a little stuck in this idea of like, oh, everyone used to be so free and happy and now life is a misery. Mm-hmm. Not wrong, but... Maybe not exactly perfect. So we're going to take it topic by topic, Amy. Okay. And I'm going to start us off. I'm going to just come in with a big overarching, I want to throw this out to you. Was it better then or better now? Okay. And the topic is marriage. (laughs) It's a big one. Yeah. But I think it's changed a lot between our generation and our parents' generation. So let's just say when we're talking better than we're talking like 50 years ago, you know, we're not talking like the Stone Ages. We're talking back in the day.
1: So my mother was pregnant with me and says that she knew I was going to be a performer from the moment that she went to see Fiddler on the Roof on Broadway. And I was like dancing a jig in her womb the whole time. Every time the orchestra started up, I'd start moving. (laughs) (laughs) So the story goes, she knew I was born to be on the stage. There's a song in that show called Do You Love Me? This is an old deluxe alert, clearly.
0: Back in my
1: day, these sort of old Orthodox Jewish couple with a huge family who've been married forever and probably got married when they were 13 or something, right? right. So they're like, they're old, as in like in their 40s. Right. They're
0: old. They're probably like 42. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Imagine like J-Lo playing these. <laughs> so, no, J-Lo is in Hustlers and like this is about hideously old people who are in right. the race. Exactly. So the hideous old couple. And the husband says to the wife,
1: do you love me? And she's like, what? Why are you asking me that? I had your children. I did this. I cook. I clean. He's like, I know. But do you love me? And they go back and forth. And the joke at the end of the song is she says, I suppose I do. And he says, well, I suppose I love you, too. And that's as close as they get to saying it you know, ever in their lives. But their fondness for each other is evident. And it's sort of like, what is there to fight about? You do this. I do that you're not going to break up. Like the margins are so clear that it's extremely simple in a way. Although let's hope you at 14 years old married somebody that you get along with,
0: (laughs) right? Because you're stuck. Right. I mean, there's also the matchmaker song where it's like, he'll beat you every night. Like it doesn't always go perfect. (laughs) But I do think that this, that one of the keys to what is really, really different about marriage and what you've captured perfectly by citing Fiddler on the Roof is like, expectation management is so different. You know, it's like the expectation that you would just like somehow get through the horrors of life by like pairing with another person and reproducing and like marching through the days and like love and whether or not you were like passionately like star-crossed perfect for each other wasn't really in the equation like it takes some pressure off right right and discussions and using i statements and this is what i need and this is what i feel like the story i'm telling myself it's Tevia and goldie were not spending a lot of time being like Tevia. i want you to clean out the barn and that's a two for me as we talk about <laughs> they using should a number have. system with your spouse, like Tevia and Goldie were not like, I sometimes feel when you don't have dinner ready that I feel it's all. Yeah, they were not doing that. They were busy like the winter's coming. We need to get the grain stored up.
1: I think it's better to be a woman in a relationship now for sure, but not knowing what you didn't know. It was definitely simpler back then. I feel like I have a split vote on this one.
0: It's going to be a split vote because that's right. Like back in the day, like being chattel and just being like, Amy, you will marry, you know, this person because they have the most cows, like not ideal for you. Right. I had no like frustrated dreams. There was no
1: such thing as a dream. It was
0: right. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's the sticky wicket, right? Like if you have no (laughs) dreams, you never feel disappointed. But is it better? I don't know. (laughs) Then again, I do think the simplicity of like my parents met got engaged six weeks later, got married three months after that, and were married for 50 years. But they were both Irish Catholic, second generation immigrants from Ireland. And they just had very clear expectations of what was going on. Like basically like the dad worked, the mom stayed home. You could pursue stuff, but really that was the dad's thing. Like I think that there was a lot less like friction because you weren't waking up and inventing the day every day. And
1: yeah, who you were supposed to marry, right? It was sort of four blocks this way or four blocks that way. My mother-in-law tells the story of her grandmother not thinking very highly of her bringing home a fellow who was Irish Catholic instead of Italian Catholic.
0: Oh, we had that in my family. Huge scandal.
1: Yeah. Like that was a big like, whoa, can this work? He's from another parish, which was like you could
0: hit it with a stone. Oh, (laughs) the same thing. I mean. There, It's lore in my family the day Aunt Lucille brought home an Italian. It was like, wait, what? This is (laughs) insanity. Yeah. So, okay, split vote on that one. I'm going to say split vote. Like a lot of the things of like, I think of my parents and I think of my friend who's like African-American guy from the kind of inner city Philadelphia who married like evangelical Christian from like a hippie town. And it's like, they have to start every day being like, what are the rules? <laughs> who are <you> getting- <laughs> like, yeah, like, there's just no roadmap at all, which in some ways is exciting. But in a lot of ways, like, I think it's a little bit easier to be like, we know the answer to 10 of these questions. We're only answering the 11th every day. Whereas my friend is like, We have to answer 11 questions every day when we get
1: it. Yeah, that's really interesting.
0: Not better, not worse, but like. But surely different. Surely different. And I think a lot of the like pathosy, anxiety-ish, like, wait, what's it all about? I don't know if I'm totally self-actualized is from this problem of like, you can have anything you want, which is good. But on the flip side, you can feel kind of disappointed by it. All right, let's pick another one. This is just a fun one. Rosie from our page says, we miss our blockbuster ritual of movie night. There was something way more special about driving to the blockbuster and browsing the rows of movies to go with your popcorn and candy rather than mindlessly scrolling through Netflix. Although this is a very different topic, it points to the exact same problem. What is that? What's too many choices? Yep. Too many options.
1: When you can watch literally any movie ever made in thirty seconds for just three ninety
0: nine, it makes it hard to pick a movie. Right. You used to Of course, and raise your hand unless you're driving, that like you and your husband have sat there and just scrolled movies for two hours and <laughs> then never watched like, it. <laughs> Now it's late, I guess we'll go to bed. Right. <laughs> it just happens all the time. You young uns will never know the joy,
1: right, of walking into the blockbuster and sort of what was left was what was left. Teen comedies, you know, there might be three left and you had to pick one.
0: Yeah, and Zoya, Z-O-I-A, how would you pronounce that name? I guess Zoya, I'm going to say Zoya. Zoya, I got it now, I think, says the same thing, like family outing where each member took time to pick a good movie and then everyone came together to convince the other people that that was the right movie, I mean – that's, we often have the thing where like if five people are in the house, everybody's watching something separate on their phone. So I tried for a while to like hold the line. That's like, if we pick Aladdin, all the kids are watching it together. But like my older son's like, I don't want to watch Aladdin. I want to watch and he has the computer. Like it's hard to make the argument that like, no, you have to sit here and watch Aladdin with your sister.
1: I agree. It's sort of a to your corners thing night in my house. And it used to be right. One TV there are three things on before. Th- I'm going pre-blockbuster. Like there's pterodactyls in the sky. And- wow, you're going
0: way back. <laughs> and you couldn't watch ah, Love Boat or nothing. The pterodactyls are flying. Yeah. Right. And so that's how you watch Love Boat. It was great. Well, you were a little bit more, our friend Jill Krause, who's at jillkrause.com. She just lived for two years with her family in an RV. And she we had her on the show and she talked about that. Like the RV kind of, forced a lot of those kind of family interactions where you're like, we're all in this together. Like, we're all going to watch TV now because the space was so confined that it was like, you kind of couldn't all be doing your own thing. So it's like, she talked about like, oh my gosh, we would have family movie night. And it was a total revelation because like, it's something to do that's not like just being bored in the RV and everybody would gather around. So I guess we all have to move into RVs. (laughs) Better in RVs. (laughs) Rosie Walsh kind of takes off on that and says, she agrees with Zoya. I agree. It kind of goes hand in hand with having to walk down the street and knock on your friend's door and ask their mother if they can come out and play. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's technology, right? Like it's very, it helps with a lot of things, but it's kind of isolating technology, you know? It was, it was, yeah, different
1: when the only way you could tell if somebody was home were the bikes on the front lawn, right? Or by saying in, in the town where I grew up, kids would just stand outside somebody's house and they'd say hello for amy they'd yell like that like you couldn't knock on the door that wasn't cool but you couldn't just text them and say come outside either so it was hello for blank yeah you love hearing that stuff like you just had to wonder if somebody was home and then hope they'd come outside because you weren't going to knock on the door and talk to their parents of course they would never talk to anybody's parents either that part they understood just that you had to yell up to their window instead of texting saying i'm downstairs come out
0: and Gretchen has a really funny take on this, which is being able to call someone 87 times and they didn't know you'd called. <laughs> like if you had the boy from school, like you would call and then hang up and call and then hang up. And like, they had no idea how to know. This is like way back in the day before, I think there was something called star 69 or something. You could, you could check who had called you. You could hit on your phone star 69. It would tell you who had called last, but like Before that, you could just operate with complete impunity. You could prank call people. Sneaky drive-bys and prank calls were more fun than social media. Prank calls. Yeah. The idea that you would answer the phone and
1: not know who was there. You just had to answer. Right. I and mean, I guess telemarketers weren't really a thing yet. So that was better then. But the idea that you just had to pick up the phone and wonder who it was, I'm going to say that was
0: better then. It was exciting. It was like getting a letter. I mean, it's so exciting. It's not like an email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My brother in the day used to answer the phone. We were taught as children to answer the phone. This is Margaret speaking. And he would answer the phone. This is John speaking. And I still call him sometimes. And he's like, this is John speaking. And I'm like, you have caller ID. You know, it's me now. Like, we can (laughs) drop this. We don't have to do this anymore. My ringtone has already indicated that it's your sister. So just, yeah, you know who it is. We're talking. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is, I was saying to my sisters recently that like somebody called me and they said, your voicemail is full. To which I responded, "What is voicemail like? Who is leaving voicemail? Today? Like, <laughs> is this build a fire and like go live outside voicemails?" And I check my voicemails, and every single voicemail was this voicemail. Yo, it's your sister. Call me back from both of my sisters <laughs> right. four hundred times, and I I said to my sister, "I'm like, I think we can drop the voicemail thing. I think we can just agree." as a community of sisters, that when I see your name on the phone, I should call you back. Like, we don't have to leave the message. It's like, call me back anymore. We could skip it.
1: Yeah, I haven't fully adopted that yet. But I am definitely with you on there shouldn't be voicemail anymore. Although that's so sad. Like someday these voicemails would or should be precious to you, but not if it's 200 versions of, Hey, just sister, coming back. Like, that is not something
0: you'll treasure someday. Yeah, yeah. There's no way to sort through that. Uh, no, there's no treasuring voicemails. Just let go of that. Your great, great grandchildren will listen to the
1: MP3 of you saying, Hey, just sister, coming back.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, no, they won't. You hear that again? Oh, that's really hard. That's like the kind of line of thinking that leads to hoarding. Like, no, <laughs> delete the voicemails. Krista also has a really funny take on this. Phones were better before only. Because you could slam the receiver down to make a point. Hitting the end call button just doesn't do the job. She's not wrong. Yeah, like slide. I'm mad at you. Right. Right. It's just not the same to be like, I push this button off. I just don't think people hang up on each other anymore. It used to be like back in the day, you had these like heavy plastic phones with heavy plastic, what do you call the receivers? Receivers.
1: I believe that's called a receiver. It
0: is. And like the only place you can still see these in movies where people are visiting people in jail, like they pick up that heavy (laughs) handset and they talk to each other. Like that's the only place this still exists. And you can still see it in jail movies sometimes where people are like, I'm disgusted with your behavior. They slam down the jail receiver, but like in the old days, you could do that like three times a day. And it was very, I think as a nation, we probably have a lot of built up stress because we do not have the experience anymore. You said this about your house, you have like pocket doors. Like if you slide a yes. pocket door, it's not the same. All right, once in a while, my <laughs> queen will really get into it and he'll do a real operatic performance and be like, I'm going to my room and he'll... St- dorm up the stairs and we have really cheap doors. They're made of like balsa wood basically and he'll slam it and even that is not as satisfying. We used to have like really big oak doors in my old sure. house. Boom, you could really make a point with those. They don't make them like they used to. No, that was better back. Even doors were better back then.
1: You know what else was truly sort of better back then was the sort of single tasking nature of the phone. So I would talk to my boyfriend every night right? In, when I was in high school. Amy's just pointing out she had a boyfriend in high school to make you guys feel that worse i had a boyfriend in high school you guys <laughs> but anyway it was you know with the curly q thing cord. you know the cord yeah. right so the phone would be for me and i mean i tied up the phone for hours each right. night and people would get a busy signal when they called your house and people would get a busy signal when they called but i mean so i would walk around from our kitchen around to the back steps that went up to my room as far as the cord would stretch which was you could get these cords to stretch oh you could get like a 50 foot cord yeah right So they started being pretty saggy. And it was the kind of cord I could stretch all the way around and up the stairs towards my room, although not all the way to my room. And I would sort of crouch on these back stairs in the dark and talk to my boyfriend or just listen to each other breathing for like two hours. And I didn't, I don't know when I did my homework, but I just did that. I wasn't also scrolling Instagram. I wasn't also like loading the dishwasher. I did one thing. And I feel like even my mom, who had a lot to do at all times, I feel like she's still kind of sat down at the table and talked to somebody on the phone when they called. Like, she'd
0: catch up with somebody. Yeah, now I have, like, the AirPod butt in my ear, and I'm, like, doing 65 different things, and I'm barely listening. This is the most, like, recording with you, this right now is sort of
1: the most single-tasking thing I do ever in my life now.
0: It's amazing. And, like, sometimes I get a little jittery. I'm like, should I check Facebook while i <laughs> tell telling this long story? Like, it is funny how, like, you're so instinctively, like, Wait, we're just going to sit here and talk to each other? Yeah. There must be something else we could be getting done. Yeah.
1: Podcasting's better now because it didn't exist then, but this is sort of what it was like then.
0: It's so much better. All life is better now because you have the What Fresh Hell podcast. That's, <laughs> That's right. We didn't have it back in the day. All right. We'll be back with more better then or better now. Margaret, I've
1: got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. while Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout.
0: I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Okay, Amy, we're back and we're going to lead in and we're also going to lean in. <laughs> we're going to lead and lean in. Just always do both if you can. We're doing it all. We're going all in. On a better now. Okay. And it is, I agree 100% with Jessica here, who says on our Facebook page, going to come out possibly controversial and say kids' clothes are better today, both in quality and style. I was gifted some vintage baby clothes, and they were all polyester blends, scratchy and stiff with no stretch at all. Teeny, tiny, stupid buttons and ribbons everywhere. So entirely useless and ridiculous that's not controversial at all, Jessica. I think baby clothes are definitely better now. Jessica as the kids state is biting my style because I have recently <laughs> adapted a new bit on the show where I'm always like, I'm going to come in hot and controversial. And then Amy's always like, no, everyone thinks that. And so that's what Jessica is doing here. She's like major controversial point. Not at all controversial. We completely agree with you. Definitely agree. She does say, though my girls did look like tiny porcelain dolls in fancy dresses until they started crying and trying to tear them off. So yes.
1: Yeah. You keep all the cuteness while they're also more comfortable. There's snaps instead of buttons. There's Velcro. There's all sorts of things that makes dressing our kids easier. Even the cuteness level, I'm going to argue is far better. Like when I noticed a difference between shopping for my oldest who was a boy and then shopping for my youngest who was a girl. Of course, it's still like 95% of the store is girls, baby clothes. And then there's just like this little corner for the boys. But even in that five years, there was a new dawning and, it's, and there's so much more like gray and yellow and unisex stuff. And I think it's better, better.
0: I agree. I will have one piece of pushback, which what do you call it? My bee and my bonnet, you know, Amy, mm-hmm, disposable mm-hmm. world. <laughs> one thing that I don't love is like, I don't think children's clothes needs to come in like a seven pack, you know, like you get the little leotard thing and it's like you get 12 of them. And then like six people give that to you, you have 36 of them. Like we don't need that many changes of clothes. Mm -hmm. It's disposable world. All that fabric is going to exist. The one thing that is the positive is I remember like, I was babysitting my nieces and nephews, my sister-in-law's kids. And one of the kids was toilet training and had a really gross accident. And I was just like, Oh, I had no kids. I was like a college kid. I was like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. And I'm in college. So I was grabbed a scissors and I cut the outfit just off of him and threw Mm -hmm. it away. (laughs) And my sister-in-law was kind of like, I can't believe you did that. Like you just take it off and wash it. And I was like, oh, there's no way I was going to somehow involved myself in getting this outfit off. So I do enjoy being able to cut the outfit off and get rid of it. That's right. Disposable world. My kids were just asking me about that. Like, how can you deal?
1: And I was explaining that there must be some sort of biological sort of acceptance that you perceive your own kids, you know, poop and throw up and whatever is sort of neutral, certainly not positive, but it isn't like, oh, my God, I'm going to cut this off with the scissors so I don't have to touch it.
0: Right. In the same way that you perceive your own bodily odors as kind of neutral and that other people's are wildly offensive. It's like there's some gene in there where you're like, oh, this is okay to me. Here's what I'm not neutral on. Okay, Maternity clothes are better now also. 100 percent. My sister sent
1: this in. She says, maternity clothes are definitely better now from what envious older women have told me.
0: For sure, because there's Lycra now. Right, you look like a regular person. Yeah, it's stretchy. I'll tell you the problem with maternity clothes. Getting out of those maternity pants, my same sister-in-law came to visit me when my babies were like eight weeks old. And she's like, let's fold up all your maternity stuff and put it away. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's very comfy on my poochie belly. And she's like, no, you got to get rid of it. Because if you don't get rid of it at eight weeks, you'll be in it five years later. And she's not wrong.
1: You do learn from maternity clothes. Speaking of disposable world. I mean, I had two pairs of pants and I wore like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like I just kept switching my two pairs of pants. I wore them for six months and then I never wanted to look at them again. But I did realize I needed two pairs of pants, not 20.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have that thing where, you know, what is it now? Seven years out from having my last baby, I'm still like roughly three months pregnant. Like I just have the like belly that is just hanging with me, you know? Better now. Better now. (laughs) The belly is... A little better now. Belly is very yummy now. But I do think like those pants, I just recently bought a pair of pants... And they're like, just because the way the line is, they have like a Lycra top, like like a small, like two inches of maternity. You know how you have that like mm-hmm. six inch big Lycra stretchy panel when you're pregnant? This had one of those, but it was only like two inches. And I was like, oh, these are like mini maternity pants. I love them. I'm wearing them for Thanksgiving.
1: Well, here's why else maternity clothes are better now, I think, is maternity clothes aren't that different. You can just wear like leggings and long sort of tunicky tops and that's what people are wearing anyway. Like my mother, I remember her wearing... Just just the triangle shaped top with the bow at the neck, just to completely infantilize her. Like that was what was
0: available. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you really want to go down this rabbit hole, Google pictures of princess diana harry and william's mom when she was pregnant because she's like the princess you know like she's supposed to look like the best of anywhere in the world as good as anybody could (laughs) and in every picture she's wearing like some version of like a giant floral potato sack like it's basically like a piece of fabric just tied around her neck and then just going out in every direction (laughs) because like somehow if you saw the outline of a pregnant belly you would be like scandalized into thinking that
1: I'm going to come in controversial, but I do feel this way. I think mom bathing suits were better then because they were certainly horrible. Like yeah. the skirts, you know, yeah. like everybody had the basically you had on like an outfit you had on like a shorts and the top. right? But that was what everybody wore. Like the idea that you were supposed to look like J-Lo after three kids. Nobody did. Nobody cared. Everybody wore sort of you know, those myos, those one pieces that provided lots of coverage and weren't particularly flattering. And that's what everybody wore. That's what I remember my mom and her friends wearing in the 80s, like looking hot at Lake Hideaway was not really part of the equation in a way. I wasn't part of the expectation. Yeah. In a way, I
0: think that was kind of good. We're back to our theme, maybe expectation management. Many of these things, it's the old double edged sword, our old friend, because on the one hand, there's cuter swimsuits, but on the other hand, there is some expectation that like you will look like Gwyneth Paltrow or J-Lo when you're 50. Yeah, And that does feel kind of like, wait, do I want to engage with that? Not really. I'm not sure that is better now. Yeah. But I will say you can just let yourself off the hook on that one. (laughs) I just rock like a some sort of speedo with a little skirt over it and I'm done. Nobody's looking at me. Who cares, right? Yeah, we should go back to the time of who cares who's looking at us.
1: I think that was better.
0: Yeah, what, we did a great episode. You should go back and listen to it called Let's Not Care What We Weigh. And it's like, yeah. you can just do this in your mind. You can just actually for your mind. <laughs> you can just do this for yourself right now. Yeah, you can be like, oh, I like the way J. Lil looks a lot. Like I saw that movie the other night that she's in. And like, I mean, she's the feet of human excellent to some degree, but like, yeah, eh, it's not for me. I like looking at it, but I'm not interested. It's like in a cyborg sort of way, like that's curious, like, wow, are there any original parts? Much in the same way that I would look at it like a cheetah running fast and be like, wow, they're really good at running. It's a different species than me, and yet I appreciate its own skills. She's like the $6 million man. Oldie Lux Alert, back in my day, $6
1: million man was a TV show. I don't know. He was in some terrible accident, and they had to rebuild him. Right.
0: Spoiler alert. If you know what the $6 million man is, you don't look like J-Lo.
1: But J-Lo, watch the $6 million man. I'm here to tell you. Unless you're J-Lo. But she has access to things that we don't. And even holding that up as this is what you're supposed to look like, I
0: think. got to let it go. Yeah. I'm going to come in with Jessica says snow days were better then. snow days were better back in my day. Now the teachers all post curriculum on the portal by 10 a.m. and they call it an online learning day. She's a social pathogen, that teacher. I mean, can you imagine? Jessica's not writing with these question marks. I'm just shocked. <laughs> I mean, does this happen with your school? No, I've never heard of this. No, Jessica, you need to move. I don't know <laughs> what is happening in your school district, but like our snow days are like, movies, some sledding, and snowball fights, and hot cocoa. That's all we do on Snow Days. I'm going to say Snow Days were better then because it snowed. I mean, it snowed
1: a lot in Pennsylvania when I was growing up, and now it's sort of like once or twice a winter, you get a few
0: you know, sprinkles on the hillside. That's because you live in New York City. If it, come out and shovel my driveway, <laughs> and you'll think it snows a lot more. <laughs> Believe me. I liked
1: snow a lot better than I do now.
0: Yeah, I like snow and Snow Days, but The excitement, definitely. This is definitely going back. It used to be the radio would turn on. You would have to turn on the radio and like gather around it and wait for them to say, your school. That's how we did it back in the day. Yes. That was definitely better then. Like, will we have a snow day? It was a thrill fest. Yes. And you were all gathered around. And then, like, it was like, who's the town crier or the Paul Revere? Like, one kid would be listening and then they would run through the whole house being like, (laughs) snow day, snow day. It was awesome. Scranton started with an. S and so did
1: St. Paul's, which was my, you know, grade school in my high school. So you had to wait all the way through the S's.
0: Yeah. You have to get way deep in. People never know the pain. Yeah. You had to really sit there for a long time. Let's go to something that a lot of people talked about. And I feel like this is a big, big back in the day thing. Jennifer says, being able to roam free as a kid, I would walk around the block and spend all day outside. Now I have too much fear of my kids being seen without me huddled nearby that they have to constantly have adult supervision.
1: So she's worried that people are going to judge her. Like It's like a parenting with an audience thing. Like You have to be around your kids even though you wouldn't because somebody else might have a problem with it.
0: Yeah, and I think in the bigger picture, it's this that everybody talks about all the time, which is like back in our day, we roamed free. We had no parental supervision. It was just stickball in the street all day and play until the lights came on and no one knew what we were doing and there was no such thing as play dates. And like back in the day, everything was amazing. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of that is true. That like, there's too much supervision. I think it was better. I agree. I think it probably was better. I'm not sure. I think my guess is it's probably one of those things where like the complete romanticization, is that a word of it? Yes. Is probably not as accurate as we remember, but definitely like unstructured free time and play time. Probably better than it was also lots more kids got hurt. And like, we don't think about that part of it. But it's a part of like growing up my kids, uh, my boys go
1: to a sleepaway camp in the summer. And now I'm literally paying for them to have the experience. They have a time each day, I think it's like four to 530, where they have to be doing something. And counselors are around to make sure like nobody like loses an eye, but they do not lead or engage in the activities, and they might participate, if the kids want them to, but the kids are driving, let's play wiffle ball, and that whole thing where it's like, that's foul, that's fair. Okay, well, you got the last one, so I'll get this one. That experience of making up your own game and self-reffing and compromising is something that I have to like pay for my kids to have three weeks a year.
0: For me, and I pay for it a little bit, is Boy Scouts. Same thing. Like, mm-hmm. It's led by the bigger kids. The younger kids go, they all do stuff together. It's camping. It's all this stuff that's like, hey, let's work this out. You know, let's figure out like how to put the tent up. Okay, it's just us, you know. There is a flip side, which is like there's lots of reasons why this stopped. One of the biggest reasons that like transformed our world, one of which was television. But another one, and I was reading this article about it, it was so interesting talking about air conditioning that like, it used to be like the whole neighborhood was always outside all the time. Everybody knew their neighbors. Cause you were sitting on the stoop trying to cool down all the time. Air conditioning, like drove people inside. Like you could be inside all day. And like, suddenly Mm -hmm. people were much more isolated. Like I do think it's a bit of a circle, right? Then like, People don't know their neighbors, then they feel more frightened of each other, then blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. There's lots of different things. Also, like back in the day, you know, it's like the old, my husband's like, well, we used to ride in the back of the pickup truck all the way to my grandpa's down the highway. And I'm like, right. But like a bunch of kids did die doing that. You know, (laughs) it's not all like, why did we ever stop this paradise? Like, because we learned that if you just put a seatbelt on, if you're in a minor crash, like three kids don't die, you know? I used to, after school, you know, I'd
1: come home, change out of my uniform, have a snack, maybe catch the Brady Bunch, and then, you know, go outside and play with the same two kids every day, you know, either in their backyard or my backyard. And it was a little boring, I have to say. Like, same two kids, and we played Barbies every day for like five years. And it was what I did. I wasn't being driven to after school robotics. It wasn't awesome. It was just what we did. And we had so much less homework that we had really time to just
0: lie around. <laughs> but it wasn't awesome, but it was relaxed. Let's put it that way. Homework, we don't even have to have a long discussion on. Homework better than. Like no homework was much better. Homework was better than. Much better.
1: My kids are like definitely like four years ahead of where I was at their age. Like my kids are doing college work in high school. My daughter's doing high school work in, you know, middle school, at least compared to what I was doing. And I was a smart kid to do all my homework. It's crazy to me how much more sophisticated and lengthy their assignments
0: are. Well, you were talking before about being on the phone with your boyfriend. It's like, well, when did I do my homework? Like, right. right. When did you do your homework? Because every (laughs) single night, like... Sometimes if the kids play for an hour after school, which they sometimes want to do, which I love, they're just like playing with their friends. It's a great time for them. Then they come home. I usually let them have 45 minutes of screens. Now it's like five o'clock. Like we're getting into the dinner hour. Then it's like, when do you have time to do three hours of homework? My kids go to bed at 730. Your kids go to bed at 730?
1: That is, you are holding a good line there. I'm holding a tough line. I mean, my God. My youngest is 11. Same grade. Same grade. Margaret's oldest. Anyway, when do you think my youngest goes to bed? Not seven thirty.
0: Well, because I hold the line because I can keep my oldest. It's when your oldest goes to bed that everyone goes to bed, basically, mm-hmm. and that's the trick. Like when, believe, come back and talk to me when my oldest is in high school, and maybe my youngest will be going to bed a lot later. I feel like
1: bedtimes were better than if you were a kid because I definitely stayed up until I didn't feel like being up anymore. I mean, I watched like completely inappropriate programs with my grandmother at (laughs) 10pm. I I remember catching Johnny Carson sometimes as I was saying goodnight to my grandmother. It was just sort of like, whatever, you know, there wasn't this like you have standardized testing every Wednesday. So you have to be in your bed with your eyes shut by 815 or else you'll never go to a good college that all that stuff was just didn't exist back then.
0: My thing with bedtime, because people are often like, "Why you keep your kids on a strict bedtime?" My thing with bedtimes is, I can't survive the day if I don't know when it ends. Like, I need to know that by eight o'clock I'm off duty, and so they're upstairs and they're not my problem anymore. Well, it's like you can shift it, so now I have like
1: morning time to myself. Like, my house is quiet now, like on weekends yeah. until like ten. But you're not a morning person, so. But that's another discussion entirely.
0: All right, we're getting back on topic with better than or better now. After this. Okay, today on the podcast, we're talking about whether things were better then or if they're better now. So I figured we'd talk to some people from now to see what they think. Do you think things were better back in mom's day or now?
2: I think they were better now. Why? Because back in the days, you had to ride like horses and you had to
0: like get new ones when it died. Do you think that mom rode horses when she was young? Yeah. Um, I never had a horse in my life. Oh, my bad. But I didn't have video games when I was young.
2: Yeah, so that's the problem.
0: What else was different back in Mom's Day?
2: You didn't have good food like right now.
0: Like, what's good food that I didn't have? I had Twinkies, dude.
2: Did you have, like, pizza? I mean,
0: I definitely had pizza. It wasn't that long ago. What do you think was different back in Mom's Day? Uh, there were no buses and you had to walk everywhere. I mean, we we had buses. Hmm? How old do you think Mom is? Forty-something. Do you know when I was your age, there weren't even such things as computers?
2: Uh, yeah, I did.
0: <laughs> what do you think you would have done back in the day if you didn't have video games and TV? games, skateboarding playing
2: outside
0: I mean, that sounds kind of better than video games, doesn't it? Sort sure does. of Thank you for talking to me about the olden times
2: You're welcome, Mom
1: Okay, so we're back. Here's a better now from Colby. She says digital cameras are way better nowadays. So many disappointments back in the day when you spent a fortune to develop film only to find out you cut everyone's heads off or your thumb is in like half the pictures. It shocks me. My husband's does still kind of live in the world of you take a picture and hope it works out. Like instead of take a picture, look at it. And if somebody's eyes are closed, you take another one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like This is available. Redos are available at any time. Well, and the people are always like, you get such good pictures. And I'm like, right, I take 30. Right. Every time I take a picture of my kids, I take 30. And then there's one good one mm-hmm. usually. And that's the key to taking good pictures. You take a million. We recently, over the summer, we were at kind of like a, a site of family history, shall we say. And we had many different generations of the family gathered together. And I it was like, this is a great time for the picture. And so I was lining up the picture and then this woman was walking by and I was like, would you just take it for us? Cause I want to be in it. It's like the family site with all the family members of the generations gathered. Here we go. I said, we'll take a couple. Well, you know, take 10, let's say. Take them, take them, take them, take them, take them. We say goodbye to everyone. We all go off in our different directions. And I got back home like that night and I was like, oh, let me look at the pictures. And her thumb was in front of the lens in every single one of them. Oh, no. And I was like, this is like the old times. Like, I should have checked. You know, usually you just turn around and, and look. But I was busy saying goodbye to the family, whatever. I was dying laughing. I mean, and what's really awful about it is her thumb was only in like a third of the picture. So you could see how good the picture was, except for her giant thumb was in. Like, it was torture. Oh, my God.
1: I mean, back in the day, like you have like framed photos that were terrible photos where somebody had their eye closed or whatever, because it was sort of what you had. I have so few pictures of my high school and college years because, yes, you'd take the film to be developed. Half of them would just have like a huge like sunburst in the middle of them and you couldn't even see what it was supposed to be a picture of. Right.
0: But you would put it in the album anyway. Yeah. You'd be like, all right. If you could see someone vaguely in the background, you'd be like, we'll just put it in. And now that you have... I'll tell you what else is better now. The phone, just that you have your
1: camera, your video camera, like that it's with you all the time. You capture so much stuff, where you parked, you know, the hours of the dry cleaner, like whatever. You have at all time a way of capturing information. Flip side is, of course,
0: the people who video the school play on their phones and block your view. Yes. Like, guys, listen up please, I beg you from the bottom of my heart, you're never going to watch your iPhone camera version of the play. Just watch the play. Yes, I totally agree. They hire somebody to stand in the back to make a horrible video that you will also never watch. You will also never watch, right? But just to have that version that you'll never watch and just use your eyeballs to watch and participate in the life that is your kids play the soccer game, whatever. We don't have to be documentarians of our entire lives. You're not Ken Burns. Relax. Just try to live a little bit more outside of the camera lens. I say this for myself. I'm not just yelling at you, although I do like yelling at you. I
1: do remember when the phone thing sort of came online, like my first kid, no cell phones. Like if I went to the playground to push them on the swing or whatever, I you know had to stand there like a loser and maybe talk to somebody. And then when my second oh, kid was born, the there was like Palm Pilots and trios and that kind of thing. So you could check your email while you were at the playground. And I loved it because it's so boring sometimes to stay. I mean, it's a New York City or a big city particular thing, I guess. Like we don't have a yard, so you have to take your kids somewhere to play and then stand there. And I hated doing that. And then once you had the phone... Of course, you need to be still watching your kids. But it was immediately like, oh, I have something to do while I'm standing here.
0: Yeah. But then it becomes kind of the baby rattle where you're like, I cannot. I can't exist. Like I can't be in an elevator. God forbid I'm in an elevator and I have to not look at my phone for two seconds. And like the third floor, you you better have a a phone to look at. Yeah. Yeah. It really is like you're just like a rabbit after the pellet all day.
1: And you know what else is better then is an elevator without a
0: TV in it, a gas. Station pump without a TV on it. <laughs> the taxi drives me crazy. You get in, it it's like, hey, I'm Jimmy Fallon. And I'm like, Jimmy Fallon, listen, I like you. You do good work. But right now, I'm just trying to get to the doctor. Shush, shush. Yeah. And they have touch screens where you can mute it, but none of them work.
1: Right. And I think this is totally built in. Like, oh, do you want to listen? Like, no, I already muted you and I'm going to mute you again. And like, no, but oh, you might want to listen. No, I don't.
0: Yeah, it's definitely like Wally, you know, the thing where like everyone go to space in your face or whatever. It's like (laughs) there's just, you know, there's video screens everywhere just playing messages at you. It's like, you know what else I hate?
1: I'm going to say was better than airplane announcements, like fastening your seatbelt. It was better when the flight attendant stood in the middle of the aisle and told you how to do it now that they have these like oh god the the mimes yeah like the videos that are trying to be funny played at like deafening volumes maybe your baby like is finally falling asleep on the plane you haven't even taken off yet and then it's
0: like (laughs) welcome. it's the wacky fasten your seatbelt videos need to go that is bad I'm not a huge fan while we're on this topic better than when you just got out of plane and flew. I don't need a comedy show from the people. Mm -hmm. I just like to get on and go to my destination. Bit of a nervous flyer. I'm like, just put me in my seat and act competent and get us there. I will say Amy and I were recently on a flight together and the pilot came out and he was like, here's what we're going to do. We're taking up And I was like, I want this on every flight. Like the competent looking pilot being like, here's the plan. And then he goes, gets in the cockpit. I was all for that. He was so handsome. We were like, whoa, I'd rather have that than like, he was also very hunky, which didn't hurt. I was like, Captain Justin, let me take us in a different direction because I think this is an interesting one. Mira says better now. Much more tolerance and understanding of diversity now. Much better for kids growing up to understand that people come in shapes, sizes, and colors, and genders, and sexualities, and that's okay. Still a ways to go, but progress on acceptance and tolerance has been made. And there's a sympathetic voice there for anyone growing up and feeling different.
1: Diversity is much better now. Kids are... I like this one. Smart. Yeah. Kids are allowed to be who they are. Bullying, sort of actively bullying is seen as in very poor taste, I think, by the average 10-year-old in a way that it was accepted 30 years ago.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there's a flip side to everything. And I understand that the flip side to kind of universal acceptance of everything is some people have that feeling of like, but wait, like, are there any boxes? Are there any walls? Like... I understand why this makes people a little bit jumpy sometimes, but I think in general, the idea of like, let's see who you are and figure out how to make that work is just a much better perspective than like, you are going to take over the accounting business and wear the 3B suit and da 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 da. da. And like, the fact of parenthood is you get what you get and you don't get upset. Like, you can be like, you are going to be the next banker in the J. Randolph trust. But like, if you get a guy who's wants to be a ballet dancer, like he's never going to be a good banker. Like it doesn't, it didn't work. I always say
1: to my kids, I felt like when I was in high school, there was sort of one way to be a cool kid. And I think, you know, maybe in some high schools, in some places, this was still the case, like become a cheerleader or throw yourself off the nearest building because there was no hope for you, you know, be on the football team or else that kind of thing. And my kids live in a world that is very much Not like that, where they and their friends take part in very different activities, again, that their parents are driving them to after school and, you know, paying $800 a semester whatever. They're not with Barbies in the backyard, but they're pursuing interests that are in many different directions. And they are mildly interested and certainly accepting of all the different things that their friends do.
0: To some degree. I mean, there's definitely still like this falls into... Not talking about your situation, but like in the big picture, I feel like this sometimes falls into like the baby in the like Clash T-shirt. Like, I think there's an idea that like weird is cool, but there's still kids who are weird in the wrong ways. You know, there's still a lot of kids who like, yes, I think the spectrum has broadened in terms of what kids think is okay, but like there's still kids outside of it for sure. Let's talk about something that I think was better than because it was narrow
1: cast Saturday Morning Cartoons. They were the focus of your week. You couldn't watch whatever you wanted whenever you wanted as a kid. You had to wait for Saturday morning for your shows to come on. What was your Saturday morning cartoon? Your go-to, your top of the mountain, your true north. Oh, my God. I can't think of the name of it right now, but it was a show that pitched all the Hanna-Barbera characters against each other. The All-Star Laugh Olympics, it was called. (laughs) And
0: it was the Yogi Yahooies. Now,
1: that is random. The Scooby-Doobies. And the really rottens and they all competed against each other in sort of, you know, vague, like, you know, drag racing events. And of course, the really rottens were always slashing tires and they never got away with it. But way to take it way random. I waited all week for Saturday mornings. And You didn't get to watch also on Sunday afternoons or Tuesday night. There was
0: no, no, no. You had to be there. Be there or be square. Mm -hmm. Mine was the Smurfs. I was a Smurf girl. Like I loved I was obsessed with the Smurfs. I loved them. Smurfs. I mean, if you watch that
1: now, I'm sure those episodes like they make no sense. Right. (laughs) The standards were so much lower in terms of what you needed to present. And we watched it all anyway, like completely faithful.
0: Loved. Like, I was so invested in the world. Gargamel, Azrael, Smurfette. And I haven't seen any of the, like, remakes and stuff, but I had a little collection of plastic Smurfs. Like, it was, oh, gosh, I'm getting joy chills just talking about it. I want to read what Cassandra had to say about this. She sums it up perfectly.
1: Cartoons were both better and worse. It was better having the sacred time of Saturday morning to watch shows, but some of them sucked and you didn't have a choice. <laughs> now we can just but- put on shows we like. and I'm like, sure <laughs> that's I'm like, exactly it. You're 28 and you're listening to this. You're like, why was that better then? It was. Trust us. It was better than when... Because it was a shared experience. Everybody you knew was also home in front of their TVs watching the same Scooby-Doo as you. And you could talk about it later.
0: I'm going to lay down some, my general takeaway from this whole thing, Amy, and give me an agree or disagree. Better is just different. That's the bottom line, fundamentally. Like things that are better now. Lycra is better now. But everything has a downside. Like Lycra and Velcro, like ease of clothes. Great. But back in the day, you had like three pairs of dungarees and you just wore them. You know what I mean? Now you have 70,000 pairs of like disposable Lycra things and you're doing laundry all the time. Like, and you have to work out and look hot because they're really tight on you. Right. And like, yes, most things, the camera, it's like, yes. The upside is, like, you get better pictures. The downside is, like, you feel this bizarre need to, like, in every interaction, be like, I need to film this because it's amazing, you know? Right. And then you have that background, like, I have 30,000 photos on my phone. I really should be doing
1: something with some of them.
0: Yeah. And I do think the thing of, like, kids can be anything. It's great. But on the flip side is, like, a lot of anxiety of, like, sometimes it's nice to know what box I'm heading for and, like, where my target is. Sometimes it's nice to know, like... It's Barbie's Tuesday and it's also Barbie's on Wednesday and and And, <laughs> and also like the expectation is I am going to grow up and become an accountant in my dad's firm. Like there's something very calming about that. Like it's not great if what you really want to do is dance ballet, but like there is something order. Well, we were yeah. And like the loss of order is kind
1: of scary. And so It's the same thing with the woman from Fiddler on the Roof. Like she doesn't have any dreams and it's so so cut and dry to not have a dream.
0: (laughs) But I mean, not for nothing. I remember somebody saying a long time ago in my family, I can't remember who it was, but like, you know, it was a little bit easier when we didn't grow up expecting that our jobs would make us happy. We expected that our jobs would pay for our car, that we needed to get places, you know, like layering on a ton of like, expectation makes it a little bit harder like it's not just about going to the widget factory and making your widgets and coming home and paying for the car and then once a year taking the family to disneyland it's like no this is supposed to be an expression of your inner self and it's supposed to be the fulfillment of who you want to be as a human and it's a lot
1: people i want to give one more because i think this is an important one remember too suzanne says it's easier to drive yourself crazy with bonkers internet searches now i'll play both sides of this because i will definitely play the like do the internet search, mom, show up at the doctor's office, you know, knowing what your kid might be exhibiting. But she says, your baby won't stop crying. And back in the day, you just sort of endured it, got through it. Now you can Google that, why won't my baby stop crying? And you can engage with the, you know, 10 horrible diseases that might be befalling your infant in a way that's not necessarily hopeful.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And you can also look at everybody's Pinterest birthday parties while you like grab a sheet cake from the store and feel like a loser. Like the Internet is it's the perfect encapsulation of the point I was just trying to make. It's better in a lot of ways. There's a ton of information. But the other edge of that sword is like Oh, I thought my kid was having a good time at the birthday party where, like, Uncle Fred came over and we blew up some balloons and I gave him a sheet cake. But now I see that what I really need to do is recreate my entire house as Hogwarts and have, like, dragons flying around the backyard and build, rent a train that takes them on the Hogwarts Express or, like, that's what's – enough already. Like, relax. Go back to your sheet cake. You're fine. Keeping up with the Joneses used to be, like, the people on your block. Literally the Joneses. And maybe they were losers. Right. You know?
1: Maybe. (laughs) Depending on your neighborhood, maybe you really had it easy. Right. Now you're comparing to literally anybody who's ever thrown a Harry Potter birthday party. Literally. That way madness lies. And,
0: like, some of those people have a staff, Mm -hmm. you know? And some of those people have, like, a set decorating crew. Amy, I'm just going to say we solved it. Did we? We did, because we know that... Everything that's better is worse, and everything that was better was worse. Okay, right. And better. That's the thing. We can wax nostalgic about the past, or we can enjoy the comforts of today. I think we
1: yearn for the simplicity and fewer choices of the past in a lot of ways. And as you said, what did you say about deciding not to care about what you weigh? You can make that happen right now. Like, that's available
0: to you. That option is always available to you. Less is always available to you. Thank you for letting me know that. You're welcome, Amy. (laughs) And guys, we want to know what you think is better then, what you think is better now. Come see us on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash WhatFreshHellCast. You can also find us on Instagram at WhatFreshHellCast.
1: We'll definitely put up some pictures of some better than questionables. Sure. (laughs) And you can find us on Twitter at WFH Podcast. And as always, you can find all our episodes, all the research we usually do, all kinds of stuff on our website, which is
0: WhatFreshHellPodcast.com. Guys, go tell a friend about What Fresh Hell. Help us to find some new people. Leave a review on iTunes. Help us to find new people. It's better now that there is What Fresh Hell podcast. That is better now. (laughs) You can review this away, guys. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.